0: Hey, everyone. My name's Jessica, and welcome to the introductory mini-sode for Three Sheltered Girls, the show where we explore our experiences with topics like Harry Potter, sex, music, and modesty, all through the lens of our sheltered Christian upbringings. In this short episode, Ashley, Sarah, and I take some time to share a little more about our backgrounds and how we came up with the idea for Three Sheltered Girls. We recorded the audio during two separate occasions, so you might notice some slight differences in the sound quality. If that's annoying to you, or you'd like to just jump right into the show, go ahead and start with episode one, Harry Potter and the Christian Kerfuffle. It's a goodie. Let's get this party started. (laughs) 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 All right. uh, So backgrounds in education. Who wants to get us started?
1: Well, my name is Sarah. I don't think I have to tell my name, so we'll just talk about my background. No, or do you have I to say tell my your name? name? Cool. Okay. My excuse me. How's that
2: prosecco working for you? Oh,
1: you know what, Ashley? I'm busy talking about myself right now. I'm Sarah. Well, the prosecco's kicked in. <laughs> I'm Sarah. <laughs> Uh, I'm Sarah. I have a master's degree in counseling, emphasis of play therapy. My bachelor's degree is in psychology, with a minor in Spanish. I currently work in software. <laughs> There's not much more to it than that, guys. No, I took a turn. <laughs> I took a sharp left turn. <laughs> to where we did not expect. I just really wanted to um, make zero sense of my life and and just really... You know, you wanted to make money. I did. I did That's want to make my a great observation. Name. Well, tell me, Ashley, <laughs> about your background. Okay.
2: I'm Ashley. Hi, Ashley. I have a degree in digital and print news journalism from the University of North Texas. And I currently work as a copywriter. And I write about shoes and handbags. Uh, but before that, I was a reporter for quite some time. But similarly to you, Sarah, it is... Um, not as beneficial in the job field as it was in the degree because it definitely is an underpaid and underappreciated position.
0: So. Well copywriting's hard. Like I tried to make jewelry findings sound good for a living for about <laughs> a year there, and that's hard. What about you, gotcha. Jess? So Tell my, us about you. Yeah, so my name is Jessica menken Cantellis. technically Dr. Jessica mencken Cantellis. Oh, Snow. Snow. That's right. And I'm, and I'm out the door.
1: I'm dropping my PhD <laughs> on the table. This girl is a hard worker and smart as hell. Aww, oh, thank you. It's true. And Aww. she's beautiful to boot.
0: We're all beautiful. If you, if you take a look at our album picture, you'll realize that. Anyway, so, um, I'm a baby PhD. I just finished it in 2018 oh. and I'm trying to publish my creative writing. Hasn't happened yet. I just got my first rejection letter from a literary hey, magazine. no, that just means that they don't
2: appreciate you like we do. So you're not. Actually, he had a
0: lot of, of great things to say, the editor. He just said it
1: wasn't right for them. I race, don't know who which, he is, but I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> he might be nice but yeah he can go burn so
0: yeah uh lecture um, i teach writing and i teach creative writing so all the writing argument and creative
1: and i also am the editor of this podcast mm-hmm. brag i'm also going to i'm also <laughs> going to point out that jessica is the person who came up with the idea to do the podcast to begin with all started in a um, tent in my living room. Okay. <laughs> Literally fits the maybe, the maybe not the right
0: words. Watching so, Mulan.
1: <laughs> so we are all full grown adult women, Eating, and cakey. we, as full grown adult women do, we decided to camp indoors and watch Mulan and get drunk on I think friendship I think the best part was wine. that it happened spontaneously we that was not the
2: <laughs> night's intention was the night's intention was let's walk down the Katy trail and then it was like no we're gonna pitch a tent in an apartment living room eat mm-hmm. cookies drink prosecco and watch <laughs> move on and it just evolved and we were like yeah we really enjoy being around each other and that spontaneity
0: can just like <laughs> it just blossom and, and, yeah. and I feel like I also have to add that this was the first night I met Ashley like yes. she just showed up drinks with us instant friendship and, and i think one of the first things you said to sarah actually was oh is this the other sheltered girl <laughs> yeah,
1: I think it probably was. which just kind of is so perfect first i like to acknowledge that i like to think of myself as the friendship glue that brings friends together yeah and then i take your friends and i
2: run that's
1: true i run away with them
2: <laughs> and that's why we're here no i i, I agree sarah is a very good bridge of friendships Uh, We should just call you the bridge. But I do think that um, it worked out really well because that was not where the night went. I like that I was so comfortable with you, Jess. And of course, I hadn't seen Sarah in a while. And I was just in such a good friendship mood. (laughs) The fact that it evolved to what it was. I was like, I haven't had such a fun night in such a long time, and I love this, and I want it to happen every night forever and ever, and just until the end of time.
1: It and was it, was just, just great. it was just so perfect that the next morning, like, we were just talking about <laughs> our backgrounds and our histories, and we realized that we all had, like, the same, you know, strict parenthood, and we yep. were like, we realized that we could talk about our perspectives on things, like, all—we talked about it for hours— I think uh, that next morning about
2: we did because I mean I had plans to meet someone else for brunch but I was postponing them as long. I was I didn't tell you guys this but I was texting my other friend like can we push it back because I was very invested in discussing everything with you guys because I was like this is just so enlightening to know that I am like not the only person that's experienced
0: this Well, and I think that that's one of the reasons why I got so excited about doing the podcast. Well, one, I always wanted to do a podcast, which I made very clear, probably (laughs) annoyingly so. Um, But the other thing I was thinking about is, like, if I were in my early 20s again, just going to college for the first time, leaving home, I would want to have some feeling of community or other people who had been through that transition before coming from this really sheltered home into this world where people of different races and religions and backgrounds and, you know, from different places of the country were all there um, sharing their perspectives and me for the first time outside of my church, outside of my home, being exposed to so many different perspectives and not really knowing what to do with it. Mm -hmm. So I got really excited about the opportunity to share three perspectives together (laughs) um, and to kind of you know share that community with other people about what that transition's like so the purpose of this show is basically a show about us talking about our history it's very narcissistic talking about ourselves it's so self-involved and um our past in the church and our sheltered upbringing so um tell me
1: something about your shelter All right. So my mother was a pastor, and she was she was my children's pastor. And whenever I became a youth, she became my youth's pastor. And Lord knows she would have followed me to college to be my college pastor. I I don't regret it though. Like the experience was really great having my parents there all the time in like my spiritual upbringing. And as a result, I'm pretty sure I have an unnaturally high self esteem. It is bizarre. Like, I, I love, I feel like my dad and I have a fantastic relationship. I have a fantastic relationship with my mom. And, um, and I, I kind of wonder if that's because I probably spent an alarming number of hours with them. And they were involved, like, in my friends, my best friend's life, my boyfriend's lives. It was. You do have a very strong matriarch and patriarch like example
2: in your household mm-hmm. which is really unique to me and I think it's awesome because your mom's awesome and your dad's awesome yeah I know I like know a lot of people meet my up. parents and
1: they say we get you a are just- more <laughs> <laughs> and like I mentioned I think a, a big part of my shelter was yeah. because I had such a strong bond with them mm-hmm. um I never really felt like the need to rebel I didn't like I literally never cursed until my mid-20s uh, I didn't drink while I was twenty one, like a good Christian girl. Like, I just, I just didn't feel the, I did not feel the need to rebel, um, just because I had such a powerful friendship with my parents. I think that's probably the biggest, most bizarre part of my shelteredness.
2: So it, it is unique that you talk about how you were sheltered, but also you don't have a negative association with it, no. like some people may out in the world because. You had such a strong bond with your parents, which is incredibly important. Mm-hmm. So I think that, and maybe you can speak to this also yourself, like from a psychological standpoint. But I think having such strong, a strong bond with your parents, both with each other and with you, probably was a really good example that you didn't feel you needed to leave or that you needed to be a part, like apart from.
1: Yeah, I mean, there was no re- there was no need for me. I felt all the acceptance. That mm-hmm. I needed mm-hmm. from my parents. And um, and in a way, like all my friends were involved with my parents because they were the youth pastor and a lot of my friends were in the youth group. So, but um, like they knew, they just knew I had no secrets. I didn't, there was no place to keep them, you know. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's definitely, you know, pieces of the way they uh, raised me that I would look back on and say, I probably would do this differently. But I know for a fact Like, if you had a gun to my head and you say, Sarah, do you know this for a fact? I would say, absolutely I do, that my parents did everything they did out of genuine love and respect for me. And so I I don't have any, like, even if I would do some things differently, I know that they did it out of love. And I don't resent them for it. You wouldn't change your upbringing. I mean, there's some things I would, I would change some practices, but I wouldn't change where they were coming from. That's a good way to say it. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, okay, should I go next? <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, so I was raised in a, a very strict evangelical house. Uh, my parents would probably not say that it was very strict, but most people that I talk to agree wow, your parents were strict on that. Um, I was not allowed to watch most of the things on TV that my friends were watching. Basically, everything that I and my three siblings did had to be approved of in some way by some sort of church hierarchical structure like focus on the family we'll come back to that a couple of times in this uh, mm-hmm. podcast talking about what they have to say about raising your yeah. children etc um i'm I would echo what Sarah said, that everything my parents did, every decision they made as parents for me came from this very deep place of love. They genuinely wanted the best for me and my two brothers and my sister. And they genuinely believed that following the advice of the church to the letter of the law was the best way to raise us and to prepare us for the world. Their intentions, their motivations, I'm I'm humbled by how much they love us. They, if you ever meet my parents, they are like the sweetest, most genuine people in the world. That is true. <laughs> I have met your mother. They are so sweet. Yes. I have yet to meet them, but I look yeah. forward to doing that one. And, and family is so important to me. So, oh, I, absolutely. you know, I, I want to say that if they taught me, they taught me a a lot of things that I still take with me that have influenced the person I am today. But uh, Sarah said she didn't feel the need to rebel. Oh, I most certainly (laughs) did. Right from the very beginning. And mostly because I've just always been that skeptical type of person who wants to know. Yeah. why are you telling me I can't watch this? Why are you telling me I can't listen to this? And if they didn't have a good enough reason for me, I wasn't gonna listen. That was just my personality. From the beginning. <laughs> that,
2: that's a that's a fair assessment. Yeah, I mean,
1: I think that's such a that's such a cool quality that you had though, where you questioned everything, and I think that really led to where you are today. And honestly, that's not even a quality that I developed until much almost into adulthood where yeah, I started I questioning things. But it sounds like that was something that was just instilled in you. <laughs> it
2: sounds like you definitely have this ingrained um, personality trait about you that doesn't doesn't accept the answers unless you have like multiple answers to to give into a factor. Like I think I think you just Are very open minded, and I think I think that's very admirable because there's a lot of people right now that don't have that kind of mindset. Yeah, and I think think the thing
0: is, like, I just always wanted everything to fit together mm -hmm. logically. And when you're very logical, right? And when pieces of the puzzle just didn't make sense together, I was just like, "I'm not being told something here. Something's missing. Let me figure this out." So, you know, I think
2: you wouldn't have the successes that you have if you weren't so curious.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
2: I think that plays a lot into you getting your doctorate and being a professor. I think it's really admirable that you have this constant, um, sense about you that wants to just keep learning and keep knowing about stuff. I think that's really, really neat. Oh, thank you, yeah. Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I, 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 like, as we've grown this podcast, I'm learning more about you, and I think it's really, really fun to get to know you in this realm as well as outside of the podcast, so mm. I think that's fun. Touche. I agree 100%. Reciprocated. <laughs> yeah. So tell us about your background. Oh, goodness. Okay, so I grew up uh, in a suburb of Houston, and I loved my upbringing. I am an only child. All of you guys have siblings. I have none. But I did grow up with my cousin, who was also an only child. So he and I went to the same school and the same church, and we did a lot of activities growing up. And he was very much like my brother, and he was only a year older than me. Um, So I think my upbringing is a little bit more open-minded than y'all's upbringing. I say y'all because we're in Texas. Um, That's a natural (laughs) thing to expect, by the way. Um, My dad is is, um, a pilot, From Major Airliner. And so I feel like he is a very, very structured, very organized, very to-the-book man. He's incredibly wise. He's incredibly organized in everything that he does. My mom, growing up, she was a little bit more of the loose cannon. Um, I think growing up, they both had this idea that I was going to be a bit of who they weren't. So to speak my mom didn't finish her degree in college but she worked she worked so hard my mom is a strong worker no matter what she's ever done she takes to task whatever she does and my dad is also a strong worker so I feel like they always wanted me to be better than them in some kind of sense um my mom you know she was like she's like if you don't kiss a boy until you're 16 then you get a cruise for your 16th birthday. And I feel like now I see so strongly that was her way of just keeping me away from boys in general because she just knew that was going to be trouble because it was trouble for her. She, you know, was the rebellious child and went and hung out with all these people. So I feel like my parents tried really, really hard in a strict way to to, to keep me from being who they
1: didn't want me to be in their minds, so. Do you think uh, a lot of that strictness came from you being an only child? Yes, absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Because whenever you're the only child, you're not just an only child, you're the only focus. And my parents worked so hard to give me a great childhood, and I had a great childhood, but I do sometimes wish I had a sibling so that way there was another central focus because it's hard being an only child when... The parents only have you to worry about, only you to think about, only you to focus about and worry about what you're doing constantly. So I do think that that played a factor. My mom would often assume I was doing things I wasn't doing. And that kind of came back to be a riff in our relationship sometimes because I feel like she assumed I was going to be her negative personality that she was as a kid and I wasn't. But she kind of just assumed this about me. So because there was another child for her to focus on, I became the sole reason of her anxiety and her like focus of negative things that could possibly happen.
0: It's interesting to me that you mentioned that your parents wanted to create your life in such a way that you became a more perfect version of them. Yes. And I feel like that is a theme that comes back in our episodes quite a bit where we talk about the decisions our parents made and why and it comes back to this sense of like our parents wanting to shape us in a way that, that we become the people they wish they were yes. and that's according to their sense of rightness mm-hmm. right? which is as it turns out different than our sense of rightness <laughs> in go way. No go
1: ahead I'll say, or in um, your right becoming the person that they'd like like they wish they were or um, not making the same mistakes that they made. Mm-hmm. Which, I think I had a healthy mix. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. you did. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I think maybe I don't know about your parents, but I know. Um, I know some of the choices that my parents had made have been because. They've made those choices and they don't want me to follow the same footsteps. They don't want that hard life for me. It is a common stereotype that we've seen in
2: some movies and TV shows where, where parents live through their kids. But I feel like ours is different because the way that our parents have lived through us is that they don't want us to do the things that they did. Whereas, like, you know, there's that stereotypical cheerleader mom who wants her cheerleader daughter to be the best oh, cheerleader on the planet. that's a good point. That kind of stereotype. But I feel like ours was slightly different
0: in a sense is that... They made rebellious decisions, so we can't. Let me ask you this. It's kind of a funny question. Yeah. Are you first generation Christians, second generation Christians? And what oh. I mean by that, like, were your parents born into Christian families? I'm multi
1: generation. My mother um, is multi generation. I think my father is first generation. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. What about you, Jess?
0: My parents are both first generation Christians. Really? Oh, that's interesting. They, that is um, interesting. What I mean by that is, like, my dad grew up Jewish, my mom grew up Catholic. But, Mm. and and depending on how you're defining the word Christian, I know that a lot of people would refer to Catholicism as Christian, but I'm more so referring to her switching from Catholicism to Protestantism or even, you know, the evangelical church in this situation. And I'm sure that they were even more zealously Christian because of it, kind of like some of my friends who, like, their parents parents are first generation americans and they're even more zealously american. Yeah, of it. I can
2: see that being yeah. a very strong personality trait once you kind of find a love for something that is very very strong.
0: That's it for this episode. We hope you enjoyed learning a little bit more about us and our backgrounds, and we'd like to take a moment to thank you for listening. We've had a lot of fun recording the rest of the episodes in the series for you, and we want to hear your thoughts on the podcast. Did you grow up in a sheltered home? Do you have friends who grew up in sheltered homes that you want to understand better? If you have something to share about your background, questions, or comments, we want to hear from you. Send us an email at 3shelteredgirls at gmail.com. That's all spelled out, 3shelteredgirls at gmail.com. And of course, don't forget to rate us and share us with your friends. Thanks for listening.